Oh, we're recording. Yep. Hey, is it James? Is that you? Yeah. Well, I, last time I checked, we're missing somebody. I haven't noticed any difference. Are you sure? Hold on. Yeah, there's not as much glare. Oh, that's a bald joke. You see? Do you think he'll watch or listen to this episode? No, he's not gonna. He's gonna be like, I'm not. And I don't care. That's probably true. Sorry, Chad Jennings is somewhere off lollygagging. He lollygags the first base. He lollygags the second base. He lollygags the third. Hey, come to think about it, what is the one thing about this show that's remained constant? You two have jumped different shows. Haley just quit on us. It's me. You think that's why our viewers are going? <laughs> Probably. <laughs> Everybody's getting go. Everybody's going down except on Joe. Oh, oh. oh. By the way, no, and and and, and just a, just if I, the people that listen to this, and by the way, bless you. Um, but what was with the private detective episode that had more? I thought hits. you boosted it. No, no. But before I could even get around to boost it, because I usually boost them about a week or two after they come out. When I logged on to look at it to look at the numbers. Are, are you, and this is YouTube. I was YouTube. looking at YouTube. I thought it was because you um, posted YouTube. YouTube viewers on that episode were uh, six times higher before I ever boosted it than the two episodes before it, even after I boosted, and the two episodes, and, and, and the episode after. And I was like, what, what was it about private detectives that people, so if you're listening to this, and obviously, some people like the private detective episode. Maybe you shared it with friends and they liked it. Please tell us what you like so we can do those episodes. Thank you. Yeah, I agree with you. I thought it was because you boosted it. No, it no, shot that, up. that first number that, which by the way, was still wasn't huge, but I mean, we had 40 views before I ever boosted it. And I'm like, what, what happened? Because the episode before I think was at that time at 12 and it came <laughs> yeah, out it, first. It's really mainly YouTube. It's, it's doing okay on SoundCloud for you guys who are listening to us we we try to track but it's impossible because we're free and we make it available to any basically any third party podcast app so it's really hard i'm sure there's companies out there that you can pay that would track you down and tell you exactly what your listeners are your viewership is that's fairly simple because that's on youtube but yeah it's really hard for us so we actually don't know how many people are actually listening so if you're listening out there why don't you tell us Follow us on Facebook. Follow the us Twitters. on Twitters. We at Bonehead Weekly. Instagrams. And, just, and you can comment on Bonehead Weekly. We occasionally have great conversations. Uh, author uh, Laurel Hightower often comments back to us. So Who's a two-time guest and a one-time yeah. hooker. Um, I hope she hears this. I, I think she's been listening to the show, so uh, I don't know why. It seems like she would I have better things why. to do. I don't know. Somebody, uh, and this is a shout-out to Mary, I talked to her about this the other day, uh, and uh, she she's wanting to start her own podcast. She's a friend of the show, and she supports us, and she goes to Scarefest, and she was saying, yeah, I've been listening to you guys catching up, and I'm trying to make my way through them all, and I swear, I didn't even, I wasn't trying to be sarcastic. It just came out before I even knew what I was saying. Why would you put yourself through that was the first <laughs> sentence I said. <laughs> Why? I want to watch Star Trek The Motion Picture, and then I want to watch it in slow-mo without the audio on, but then I want to watch it in slow-mo with the audio on, where it actually is a, eh, 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 all the way through. That's, that's the same principle. It's like, no, no, I need, to, I need to get the full gestalt of each cell of film. 
Yeah, not all of them are winners. Okay, well, let's go ahead and get started. This is going to be a shorter episode. Ep- episode. This is a shorter episode. The reason being is because we couldn't get our schedules together like we usually do. Chad was on vacation. James has decided to leave the country. For what reasons we won't? I, I say what you will, but uh, uh, is it uh, Latveria? Yeah, Latveria. It's let's see. Doctor Doom is an excellent, excellent ruler. I've enjoyed my time here. He's an expert in science and magic. Say what that's you will. That's absolutely. That's awesome. Some people call him Putin, but yeah, um, Doctor Doom. He has specifically requested multiple times that I call him Doctor Doom. I don't blame him. I think it's because I kept making the Putin on the Ritz joke. So we enjoyed our time at Scarefest. Thank you so much, Scarefest. We're this weekend coming up. This actually, I've got to be at Harlan Haunt Fest, and this episode will come out after that. So anyway, getting our schedules together, we thought we'd do, because it is called Weekly, and we already missed the weekend of Scarefest. And it's with two E's, not an A. Yeah, thank you. Looking at you, Mick Strong. Mick Strong really wanted us to call it weekly. And by the way, we'd already changed it. And I thought, well, yeah, that was a pretty good idea, but don't tell him. If you yeah, well, him. but then people will be like, I want to be on the show called weekly. And nobody wants to be on the show anyway, but still we keep trucking along. We keep trucking more episodes along. in Star Trek, the original series. Guess which one will have more cultural impact. That one. That one. <laughs> so what we're going to do this today is that James and I misunderstood each other when we did our preparation, preparation H for the show. <laughs> and when we're being, when we're preparing and doing our James, what topic did you think we were doing? I, I, I believe uh, my plan was to do uh, NFL players. Uh, that's, that's American football for our international National audience. football league made up american football football for those of you that do and the american football conference yes uh for those that listen that's american football outside of the country we do have people that listen outside of the country thank you we're still not sure why soccer is great people in india right there soccer is a great sport we would love to be sponsored by the major league soccer we're looking at you kicking it like beckham that is his actual name right it's bending bending like Beckham. That's his first name, right? Bending Beckham? I don't know. I, don't, I, I thought it was Posh Spice Beckham. Mar- Mr. Posh. Um, Mr. Posh. But no, I thought we were going to look at actors uh, that came from, that, you know, started in the NFL and realized that large men were trying to hurt them and went, I'll just become an actor. So I'm, I'm doing... And I thought we were going to do the very esoteric, the best movies about the NFL. So we're going to do both, and I, and I think we should still do the same process. I'll go, then you go, and yeah, we'll yeah, go from absolutely. there. So we're going to, this is going to be one of our quicker episodes, hopefully. I've got to get some sleep. James, first off, who is your favorite NFL player who became an actor? I'm actually going to go with, uh, honestly, this is my vote for, and I'm sure I'm missing somebody, and I'll get egg on my face and beat to death later. But I'm going to go with, actually, who I think played in the NFL that went on to have the most impactful career and is still active. I'm going with Carl Weathers. Carl Weathers played for the Raiders. Oh, okay. In 1970, 1971. He was, he was injury ridden several times. Yeah. Uh, So when he let go, he went to the Canadian football league, played in the CFL for a while. Um, But then after that was over, actually while he was still playing, um, he, he went back to college and he finished his degree and he got a degree in drama. Yeah. And I don't know if you know the story about how he got cast as Apollo Creed. He had done other roles before that. Um, 
He was uh, in one of Black Exploitation, right? Yeah, yeah. He's Magnum Force, uh, Good Times. He did some episodes of Good Times. Um, well, I was talking dollar. about Good Times when I meant Black Exploitation. He yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of the big ones he did, but he's even in. Depending on what cut of Close Encounters is third kind that you watch, he's in it as a military cop. I didn't know military that. police. Um, but yeah, Force Ten from Navarone. He's in. But I think he's really relevant because he's still active and he's about ready to have a role in a Star Wars uh, thing. I don't know how many people know here's that. The, here's a few dollars. Go see a Star Wars. Yeah, yeah. Um, but he, he played Apollo Creed and Rocky. That's what most people probably know him for. But he's Dylan and Predator. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he's Chubbs Peterson and Happy Gilmore. Mm-hmm. So he can do comedy. He can do all these different things. <laughs> Um, but I didn't know how he got cast in Rocky, and I was actually doing my research because I think he he is great as Apollo, uh, you know, just the, the master of destruction and all that stuff. And he's cocky and he's arrogant. And the way he actually got cast was they were kind of uh, when he went into audition. Um, I guess Stallone was the one reading lines with him, and during the audition, he started to critique Stallone's acting. Really. He's, yeah, and he said, I have a degree in drama. You're not doing this right. And he and he came across as cocky and arrogant, and Stallone, allegedly, from what I read, said, this is this is Apollo. Apollo. Now, what's funny about it is they had a falling out later on. I didn't know this either. In Rocky Balboa, when they do the flashbacks to everybody he fought before, that's not mm-hmm. Carl Weathers. They had to find a lookalike and refilm it because he refused to give his uh, rights. And that's one thing that Stallone always honored was like Dolph Lundgren, Mr. T, all of those people signed additional things saying, yes, please go back, use our, we give permission, and they mm-hmm. got some cut or something. Carl Weather said no. Really? And so they had to refilm it with a lookalike. However, Creed II, uh, they had mended fences, so to speak, and, and the flashbacks in Creed II are actually Carl Weathers. Um, so yeah, I think Carl Weathers, uh, he's also combat Carl in Toy Story. I mean, and so to me, just looking, if you go back and look, all the Rocky films, all the way through Rocky Four. spoiler, he's not in Rocky Five. Uh, Drago I took care of that. But uh, Predator, uh, the the titular character in Action Jackson, sir. Action um, Jackson, directed action. by Craig R. Baxley, um, co-starring Sharon Stone. One of it, the it, stars of the worst sequels of all time, Basic <laughs> Instinct 2. Um, it, it briefly in in uh, was a throwback to a previous episode, last episode. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, but he also has done video game work. He's Jax in Mortal Kombat. He does the voice for Jax and some of the character modeling and things like that. So, um, he's been in the remake of Magnum PI. He's still very much active. He does voiceover work now for Disney cartoons, Star versus the Force of Evil, again Toy Story Four. Uh, but he's going to be spoiler if if you're waiting for Disney plus like many people are in star Wars Mandalorian, he's already brief. Christy has already paid for the three year subscription. Yeah. He's the only thing that's going to suck about that. Cause I'm, I'm this close to doing the same thing, but I think I may just do the year because I, the, the evil voice inside of me is going, what if it fails? And it won't cause it's Disney, but I'm like, what if I pay for three years? And it, goes it doesn't matter it. because um, as long as they have Milk, Mickey mouse club on demand. Yeah. My television will keep them in business. See, Joe, it's the Mickey Mouse Clubhouse. Clubhouse. Come, Come inside. inside. It's, it's fun inside. inside. Yes, you, sir, are a mouse <laughs> As you have called me before. He will play Grief Karga. 
in The Mandalorian. We know nothing about that character, nothing about that role yet, but I am pumped because Apollo Creed's going to take on Billy D. Williams. It's not going to happen. But if it did, I, like Grief Cargo versus Lando, make it a pay-per-view event, Disney, I'll still show up and pay. Make it pretty but yeah, right. no. So, so Carl Weathers. I think Carl Weathers. Uh, most people don't know him for football anymore, but he was definitely an NFL player that realized, hey, I'm hurt. I'm going to keep getting hurt. I'm going to I'm going to stay in college while I play, finish my drama degree, and become an actor. And he did. And I would say he's pretty successful. Okay, here's my pick for maybe one of the best NFL films ever made, and it's on the nose. I actually thought, well, James will take this one first. North Dallas Forty. Oh yeah. Yeah, I, yeah. Directed by Ted Kotcheff. It's based on a book by Peter Gent. Peter Gent paid, played for the Dallas Cowboys in the late 60s. And basically the team is called the Dallas Bulls, I think. And it's loosely based on the Dallas Cowboys. It's basically all loosely based on his experience of what it was, the heathen style of American football at that time. So I want you to think about all the shit you see right now with the NFL. And I want you to think back 30 years before social media and cell phones and the good old boy network before hashtag me too. Right. Well, and even just the amount of like, if I'm remembering the film correctly, the, the amount of abuse that they take willingly mm-hmm. um, and the amount of things they do to alleviate the pain that causes. I remember a couple scenes from that film where I'm like, Oh yeah. Ugh. Steroids, painkillers, doesn't matter. Nobody's testing them. No, no. And it's, it's, it's a very interesting film. I would argue it's an important film. It is an important film. Now, why do you think it's called North Dallas 40? I didn't know this. I don't know. <clears throat> but why the title North Dallas 40 was chosen, and I'm going to read, read this out so I don't miss anything. Uh, Gent, the writer of the book, said that the black players could not live near the practice field in North Dallas, which was one of the reasons I titled the book North Dallas 40. I kept asking why the white players put up with their black teammates being forced to live in segregated South Dallas, a long drive to the practice field. The situation was not changed until Mel Renfro filed a fair housing suit in 1969. Hmm. So... Basically, here's who they're based on. The character of Seth Maxwell, that was played by Mac Davis. Mac Davis was a famous country singer. He's a songwriter, correct? Who, in one of our previous episodes, as we mentioned, unfortunately started the, worst, the sting. The worst two, right? Yeah, not Mac Davis's fault. Was no. allegedly based on quarterback Don, um, sorry, Don Meredith. In fact, Don Meredith, the ex-quarterback, was offered the role and he turned it down. B.A. Struthers, that was played by B.G. Stratton, was Tom Landry, and Philip Elliott, Nick Nolte, was a wide receiver, basically based on Pete Jett. I'm not going to talk a lot about this movie. If you've never seen it and you like football, so why on earth, probably we should have talked about this a few minutes ago, oddly enough, one of the few sports that all three boneheads tend to watch, I think, am I right? And yeah, not yeah, I, probably, I, I probably watch more than you two. You know, actually, now that I don't have any – else uh, <laughs> and, and I get I have an antenna so I pick up broadcast which ABC oh, right, right. you, you know you get so I watch it I put it on even when I'm grading papers it's on the background but I, I didn't grow up watching football I grew um, up watching Dallas and my dad was a big Dallas fan I'm not so much a Dallas fan but we watch a lot of football 
the Boneheads actually play fantasy football. If I want you to imagine, if you will, if you only know me from Comic-Con or Scarefest, thinking he's sitting in his office working on his fantasy football team. It doesn't, yeah. I also like the bass fish. So there you go. Uh, well, but it's also, now, how I got involved and why I started watching football um, was, A, Brett Favre. I, there's something about that human interest story when everybody's like, he's too old to play, and then he threw 400 yards. I'm like, well, this is interesting. Yeah, it is. Because to me, it echoed Nolan Ryan, who was my childhood baseball hero. So, yeah. um, that being said, the uh, fa- fa- fantasy football made me start watching closer um, yeah. because I had to smack vested. talk. You are vested. Yeah, I had to smack talk. I knew yeah. I knew horrible things were going to be said about my besainted mother, uh, and I needed to defend myself. Sainted Bernard? Yeah. <laughs> Dorothy Mantooth is a saint. Oh. Um, all right, let's keep it rolling. I just wanted people to know why we picked that. Plus, the NFL is going on, and this was James's idea for a quick episode. And actually, I agree. Hashtag and, NFL. Um, <laughs> hashtag NFL, which won't cross, hurt us any. Promote. Um, that's right. If you're listening because you saw hashtag NFL and you're like, what are these geeks talking about? You fell for my clever trap. Um, <laughs> speaking that's of North Dallas 40, all you said is a segue to the next actor I'm going to talk about because if I don't mention him, I know people will find me and hurt. Who and is he's it? in North Dallas Forty. John Matusik. That's that how it's okay. he is best known. Some of you are automatically screaming it right now. Hey you guys, sloth. Yeah. He is known as being sloth in the Goonies, but he also starred in North Dallas Forty. Um he he sadly passed away at 38. Um North Dallas Forty may have been a predictor. Uh it, he he did have an enlarged heart that he was unaware of. He was on some pain medication. And they also found allegedly some traces of cocaine with that. What? Um, so he died. However, he's in he's in a lot of different movies. North Dallas Forty was actually his first film. Uh, his second film has a, a another claim to fame. So he went from North Dallas Forty. Hey, he plays O. W. Shattuck, a player. Yeah. He went from playing that role, and then the next offer he got, which. I, Right now, even though I'm not crazy about the film, if if right now I get the phone call going, listen, we're remaking it, and the lead is still going to be the same, I'd sign up. Caveman with Ringo Starr. <laughs> I would totally do right now. Ringo calls this phone what next to me and says, "Hey, I'm doing a remake of Ringo, uh, Caveman," and somebody said you said you'd do it. Yes, Ringo. When do we start? Also, how do I memorize line? Um You're going for some obscure ones, man. But well, I knew if I didn't mention Sloth, I'd get hurt. Because I know some people that watch the show are huge Goonie fans, or listen to the show are huge Goonie fans. But also, I wanted to point out because he is in North Dallas Forty, which I was, I was like, I got to bring up North Dallas Forty. So I'm glad you did that. But he's also in one of my favorite guilty pleasure movies that about four Americans have seen, and I know you've seen it. It is the only film, to my knowledge, that primarily features a uh, space <laughs> herpy. Um, I watched it again. Did I tell you about this? About two no. months ago, no, it was T- TCM Turner Classic Movies. God bless them. There's another reason <laughs> to keep capable. I had it on at 4 a.m. and I just and I, on Friday and Saturday night they have the underground cinema. Yeah, you'd be damned sometimes of the, the obscure things I have. Now that is by far, by no means the most obscure yeah. thing that they've had. But I DVR'd it and rewatched it. I can't remember where Christy went. I didn't have Quint in the house. Oh my God! I didn't realize we should. That, let's save it. Let's save it for another episode. Just no, no. Because all, I, all the, it, it's 
clearly all the sets from Logan's Run. Oh yeah, I know, but I love that movie. Like it's it's not great. No, but, Ron Perlman. I I so wanted to see meet Ron Perlman and open up with all the people instead of Hellboy, Beauty and the Beast. Tell me about your greatest role. <laughs> Tell me about Ice Pirates. Do, do your best, Lipton. Um, I so most people do know him though as Sloth, and and he he was a player um, for quite a while. When he got older, he actually, the TV series first in 10, he never really got away from Sloth. was probably his role that's the furthest removed from football. Yeah. Though he even wears a Raiders jersey, if you're a huge Goonies fan, it's Superman and a Raiders jersey. Yeah. Um, and then after that, I mean, he mainly started doing TV. There's a couple more movies, um, but it's, he's, he's in a couple, uh, he's in an episode of uh, Perfect Strangers, Superboy. Um, he's in the final mission dirty dozen the final mission tv movie um but then at 38 he dies of heart failure um in 1989 so not too long after the goonies came out so i wanted to bring him up because i think carl weathers is the best person to do the transition but i think obviously john matuzic played longer uh, i have a bunch i'm looking through a list here now that you brought that up and i'm almost sad that i didn't do this because i there's a couple i can't believe you haven't mentioned Oh no! I've got a. I had a list of thirty. Well, we're not doing thirty. No, but I, I like I said. I went. You mentioned North Dallas forty, so I jumped down my list because I, I couldn't leave out sloth because I would get hurt. Okay, all right. My next one is technically not in the NFL, but it takes place and is about an ex NFL player. You guessed it. There is no way I wasn't going to talk about Robert Aldrich's masterpiece. No, sir, not the Dirty Dozen. No, no, no. We're going to talk <laughs> about, no, about not Kiss Me Dirty Deadly Dirty. and Mike Hammer, which is a wonderful, wonderful noir film. No, not that. We're going to talk about The Longest Yard with Burt Reynolds. I was going to say, I was, I was going to say, if you say Adam Sandler, which I know you was different director. Well, all. yeah, I, oddly enough, the two Adam Sandler films I like are about football. I actually like The Waterboy for some reason. And because if you know me personally, you, you know I'm Harold not a huge Boyd. Adam Sandler fan. What? Because you hate Harold Lloyd. I guess. You love the fact he got ripped off. I, the Water Boy's okay. And then I like the Longest Yard remake for what it is. It's just a different kind of movie. Oh, yeah. It's the same story. It does have Burt Reynolds in it, but it's a different movie. What I like about it, I remember watching it as a kid and thinking, geez, he crazy. This is dirty. And it sure is. It still is. It's a pretty dirty movie. Just saying. There's a lot of F words in that movie. The F word is fuck, by the way. So, the longest yard, a football player turned convict, organizes a team of inmates to play against a team of prison guards. That's it. That's the plot. Yep. Yep. They have this bet all the uh, every year where these the, the penitentiary system has the prison guards play other prison guards football games, and they finally get this NFL quarterback who is doing time, and they decide to make a bet, and that's it, right? And then Warden does it, and he tries to get him to throw the game. The last 40 minutes, I didn't realize when I was doing research on this. I'd seen Longest Yard many times. It's right over there on my shelf. The last 40 minutes is the actual football game. The movie takes that long. It's more really than the third act. I mean, I, I just think about that. It has some dark scenes, too, for a comedy. Not only does it have Jaws, who was um, Richard Keel. Richard Keel. 
and some um hold on there's a ton of actors i just sit here and name them all day it is a violent death scene of the character of undertaker who was played by james hampton does that sound right yeah i think so yeah james hampton yeah that's out of the blue and spoiler alert i just think it's one of those movies that is pure 70s as pure machismo there's actually only one female character that's featured in it. it's played by bernadette peters for more than a few scenes almost all the female characters are either in the stands or whatnot it's another one of those great <clears throat> male movies like the thing most people don't i don't think they realize that the thing john carpenter's the thing it's all male it's an all-male cast um some hashtag of the actors have previous hmm? hashtag meninism right Burt Reynolds had played for Florida State University and was drafted by the Baltimore Colts. Mike Henry played for the Pittsburgh Steelers and the L.A. Rams. Joe Cap played quarterback for the Vikings. Ray Nischke was a middle linebacker for the Green Bay Packers. I could just go on and on and on. So here's is funny. Uh, there's a guy who wrote for Sports Illustrated named Rick Tellender, and he wrote an article in 88. And what he researched was is after the longest yard departed Georgia State Prison, they actually shot at the prison. And believe it or not, Burt Reynolds would spend a lot of his lunchtime talking to the prisoners, and it drove the insurance company and the people protecting him crazy. And he was told <laughs> multiple imagine. times not to do it. But he's Burt Reynolds, and he just enjoyed talking to people and would go set with the prisoners. I don't, probably don't blame him. Actually, I don't know, but I would. The inmates played Georgia State Troopers using the equipment left behind by the film crew. The game quickly got out of hand with inmates pummeling the out-of-shape troopers for their alleged arrogance. The game was called at the half with the inmates ahead 66-0. Into prison football in Georgia. Huh. Yeah, I thought that was hilarious. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> now, the interesting thing about the ending, it has one of those, it, it works at the time, it's, a, it's very much a 70s ending. He's walking off the field, and the warden is pissed because he didn't throw the game. And he picks up a rifle, and he says he's escaping, he's escaping, he's going to shoot him. What he is, he's walking over to get the football and picks up the football, and he doesn't shoot him. In the script, he shot him. That's yeah. how the original ending was. And he wasn't picking up the football. He was escaping. As one would, I it would, would change. It was changed at the end, yeah. All right, that's all I wanted to say. I know it's not technically taking place in the NFL, but there's a couple NFL movies that I just damned if I was going to mention them because they just suck. Well, I, okay, so my next one actually, so uh, convicts in football. Yeah. Uh, I've got to bring this up because there's another convict football movie that involves convicts playing football. Yeah. It's uh, it's not as as good as the one. Uh, but Necessary Roughness has some convict football in it. Um, and one of those convicts is played by a former NFL player, yeah, Ben Davidson. Ben, now, you are going obscure, my friend. I'm not going obscure. I'm going with people that I was like, oh, they played football because I'm a movie geek. Why did I list Ben Davidson? Yeah. Because growing up, one of my all-time favorite films was... Conan the Barbarian, John Millius, right. right? Right. He plays the villain that Conan finally has to fight. He plays Rexor or something, I believe. Yeah. But I when I was doing, about, yeah, yeah, and it's it's kind of an epic battle scene because 
and it made sense. I, like when I was doing this, I'm like, oh wait, the guy played Rex Orr was a football player, and you're like, well, of course he was, right? And like I, I, I said, I saw him. Like, he, why wouldn't he be? You have to have somebody that can go toe to toe with Arnold, and it seemed realistic. Like you're not going to put somebody that looks like me against Arnold. You're going to get somebody right. that. But as I was doing research on him, I'm like, man, Ben Davidson, who is have passed away. I was like, he is all over the place. He's in MASH and not the TV show. Tons of people are in the TV show. He's in the movie. He's in the movie. He's, he's, he, he was in a bunch of TV shows too. Uh, Police Woman, all that stuff. He's another person that was in um, oh, First and Ten, the football TV show that some people still love. HBO, late 80s. By the way. Yeah, First yep. and Ten. First and Ten, do it again. Yeah. The the Dukes of Hazard, he did some episodes of that. By the way, tons of football players are in the Dukes of Hazard. Go back and watch it. it he did Happy Days. He did all those seventies TV show. My favorite one is uh, he was actually in a parody episode of the short lived Animal House TV series, The Delta House. Delta House. And Joe, guess what the nickname of that was? What? The shortest yard is the <laughs> episode that he did. <laughs> um, so. And then one of his last films where he does play a convict football player is uh, Necessary Roughness. So yeah. I wasn't really going to go obscure, but I was actually thinking about what people did I find out played football when I sat down to do this. Because I was like, oh, let me just look up. And I was thinking about movies where I'm like, well, maybe this has a football. And I automatically thought, oh, John Milius. And what's the documentary about Milius? Is it called Milius? Maybe, probably. I, it's a wonderful documentary. It's a wonderful documentary. And, and it times and we it would make sense if you know if you watch that documentary it would make sense that Milius would cast football players yeah he's knowing blah, blah, blah. to quote um, sam elliott john Milius didn't write for women or pussies <laughs> remember yes yeah so i i wanted to bring him up because he's not major but he he was a a very solid football player and when they had to find somebody that can go toe-to-toe -to -toe with how arnold looked physically and if you watch the movie uh, ben Davidson's great mustache and all that stuff as Rexor. It's just, oh, it's it's, 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 it's very much of the time. But it's, I, I love that movie and the sequel is not good because John Manning said it's running it. But, um, all right. but Ben Davidson is, is, I didn't know he played football. And then as soon as I, I was like, well, of course he did. Our next movie technically isn't the NFL because the NFL would not give them permission, but it is totally the NFL. It is one of my favorite movies by this director, oddly enough, Oliver Stone, and it's probably my favorite movie about the NFL, even though it's not about the NFL, even though it's about the NFL because the NFL wouldn't give them permission any given Sunday. Is there a reason that they wouldn't give permission? I they mean, didn't I know. like the script. They didn't like his tone for what he was doing with the NFL. They didn't like a damn thing about it. They wouldn't let him use stadiums, even though they clearly used Dallas Stadium at the end of it. The old Dallas Stadium, not that yeah. new monolith out yeah. there. <clears throat> the old Dallas Stadium, if you're an NFL fan, the, the roof was actually never finished, but it's iconic. And what people used to say was, for the longest time, and people still say this, is Dallas is America's team. And the reason why that roof was never finished is a, probably financial and many other reasons. And it, and it only had a beam here where it was half finished. 
And the, the line was, well, it was so God could watch his team play. Yeah. So I don't yeah. know that God needed a hole in the roof to do that, but Google it. Anyway, the word fuck is used 117 times. That may be another reason the NFL did not want to put their name on this film. You know, the NFL, the, the no fun league or the no fuck league in this, in this, in this thing here. It's amazing though, because you know, I, I'm not, I'm not trained uh, professionally to read no. lips, but sometimes when I'm watching the foosball, you can clearly I, see them saying the F word. Yeah. 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 I, I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe the league didn't know that. So if you're watching this league, so, this movie has got a ton of NFL players in it that you can talk about. One in particular that I can't believe you haven't brought up, who may be the one NFL actor player of all time, and, and a credit to this nation, and someone who's broke many barriers that we'll get. I'm hoping you're going to talk about. Back of the way, when a devastating hit knocks a professional football legend who is played by Dennis Quaid. And quarterback, he's called Cap Rooney out of the game. A young unknown third stringer is called to replace him, who's been riding on the bench for years, Willie Beeman, who's played by, do you know, a young Jamie Foxx. You know P. Diddy was going to play the role? Uh, well, I, I, I didn't know. I know at one point, or I've heard, that they didn't want Pacino initially. The studio thought about Clint Eastwood for that role. There's a couple of people that turned down any given Sunday before they got to Pacino, or they came and, back to Pacino. And, and Pacino was ecstatic because it wasn't a gangster or a cop. That's absolutely right. Was thrilled to get it because it wasn't a gangster or a cop. You're absolutely right. So what it was going to be was Puff Daddy was going to do it. Sean Combs was going to do it. And the what was used as an excuse, whether this is true or not, I don't know. This is lore was that his schedule just wasn't permitted for his music career. And other people said what happened is he started training and he's not an athlete and he looked awful. And the people, because a lot of the ex NFL players and coaches worked on that movie. That's the reason why it looked so accurate mm -hmm. said that we can never sell this guy as a quarterback in the NFL. Yeah. And Jamie Foxx, they could. There's several other folks that they went to that didn't work out. LL Cool J is the uh, running back in the film. Running back or wide receiver, I don't remember, actually, but I'm pretty sure it's a running back, and they don't like each other. And LL was trying to be a method actor, and for years they had a falling out, he and Jamie Foxx, and didn't talk. They've now gotten over it. Because during one of the arguments in the movie, uh, LL Cool J hit Jamie Foxx while they were filming. And it blew up. It, it's a lot. I, I watched an interview with an NFL player called uh, Jim Brown. And he talked about when he found out Oliver Stone was making this movie, Jim Brown's in it. Jim, Jim Brown plays, plays the defensive coordinator and does a mar marvelous job. And Jim Brown is a legend from the NFL and from, he played in the Browns. Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> he actually said, it's like Oliver Stone, what the hell does he know about the NFL? And then he started thinking about platoon and goes, you yeah, know, that's the guy to do it. Yeah. So it's a very cliche story of, Old quarterbacks getting old, can't really take it as much. New guys want to take his job. Coach needs to win some games to be able to keep his job. That's the drama. The The new owner, the daughter of the owner, the, do, the owner has died, and now the daughter owns the team. She wants to move the team, wants to move it to a different city to make it more uh, profitable, wants to do more with it. It, it. They're all cliches, but I think it's probably one of the more – 
entertaining movies about football I've ever seen. Yeah. So when the NFL refused to assist the film in any way, the fictional league used instead was imagined as a more successful version of both the World Football League and the United States Football League, who both challenged the NFL in the 70s and 80s, respectively, but not, did not last long. The screenplay makes this explicit in a scene where the mayor of Miami tells Cameron Diaz's character that one of the reasons the city cannot afford to build a new stadium for the Sharks is the local prominence of the Miami Dolphins. Oliver Stone actually conceived it, he said in an interview, that he conceived it to be a homage to his veteran director and Robert Aldrich, who we just talked about a few minutes ago. It's one of my favorite movies about football. I saw it in the theater. I watch it every once in a while. I don't know that I bring it up all the time. Once again, it's right over there on my shelf. If you enjoy it, I, I just I think it's one of Oliver Stone's most entertaining films. That's all I'm going to say about it. I'll go ahead and do Jim Brown. So Jim Brown is... Even before I started watching football in any serious way, you knew who Jim Brown was. Jim Brown. He was, a, he was an impressive Holmes. athlete. He actually, he enjoyed playing lacrosse more than he did football. Yeah, he's I was about to say, he's the only player. man oh. well, that during his lifetime, he has been inducted into three Halls of Fame. Did you know that? No. Pro football, college football, and lacrosse. Lacrosse. He's yeah. in all three Halls of, all of Fame for those. Um, he only played for nine seasons before he retired, but he retired as the all-time NFL career rushing leader with 12,312 yards. That record stood for 19 years. And in that small amount of time, that's still phenomenal. It's always day, phenomenal because the NFL passing record is now broken every three to four years, specifically oh yeah, with yeah. the way the game has changed, the way uh, pass interference is called it's hard not to if you've got a quarterback with any amount of talent not to throw for three or four hundred yards a game That's oh yeah if i have a fantasy if i have my if we're playing fantasy and my quarterback throws for less than 300 i'm like what a loser yeah you just <laughs> get rid of them yeah yeah you don't need that um he was the first cleveland browns and and by the way i was watching cleveland play and they said you and they were actually talking about the history of the team how it used to be a very elite team um he was the first one to ever run for over a thousand yards. He ran for not only did he break a thousand, he ran for 1,527 in 1958. Now, um, for those that don't know Jim Brown, he is uh, African American, mm -hmm. um, and 1958 is a year that's not exactly um, known for um, diversity, yeah. So, inclusion, his, his relevance is extreme. I mean. Yeah. He is all over the place. He, uh, um, and he's, he's, so let me get into him as an actor. He should be known as an actor for a couple different reasons. One is in 1969, uh, again, better than 1958, but still a lot going on in the country. Uh, he did a film with Burt Reynolds called 100 Rifles. Yeah. Do you know the significance of that? No. First interracial love scene with oh, Raquel Welch. I didn't know. I, I should have known that. Jim Brown, and, uh, by the way, Raquel, Raquel Welch. I'd still go, Jim Brown, go, go. In front of um, you, the American people, and everyone else on Flag Day. Just, plus he's ludicrously talented. He just is. I mean, yeah. he is a phenomenal actor. He, uh, so, he, he has a ton of charisma. He does, well, and he's just, 
So his, his early role, uh, his first casting was in a movie called Rio Conchos, mm-hmm. um, which stars nobody that we really would know today. Um, the biggest name in it that some people will know and be upset that I said isn't a huge name, but Richard Boone, it was the lead. Stuart Whitman was second. If he, he had a gun, he is going to travel. Yeah. I mean, if, if you don't get what Joe said, you probably don't know who Richard Boone is. That's, um, that's, that's the reason why I said it. Maybe there's did. one person out there that went, oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. It's my father. No, I'm kidding. My dad. Yeah, yeah, dad your dad doesn't listen to this. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he then did an episode of I Spy, but then, speaking of my father, the reason I know Jim Brown, yeah, the dirty dozen. Yeah. That was, if, it, if the dirty dozen was on. Robert Aldridge. If the Dirty Dozen was on, we watched it. And by the way, Fox, back in the day, when they were just getting started with their little network, I've mentioned before, the local film used to buy those cheap Disney films like Blackbeard's Ghost and Tron and all that stuff. Well, after those aired, about 2 o'clock, they would be like, what cheap films can we buy from other studios? And I, I think at least once a month, The Dirty Dozen was it. I, I, so we would, I saw The Dirty Dozen, which, by the way, I got tired of it as a kid, and I didn't appreciate it. Um, it's probably been about 12 years ago. I actually found a copy on DVD used and I was like, Oh, I'll pay two bucks for it. And I watched it. And I loved it. I was like, wow, you watch it again when you're older and you're like, Oh, tell it's It's great. Yeah. Um, he, he did a, I mean, he's just been in tons of films. He's still active. One of the things that I love about him when he was asked what his favorite films are that he's done just to give you, and I think this is a good sample of his work. So I don't have to go through all of them. He, he, he listed his favorite films that he's done as The Dirty Dozen, mm-hmm. Slaughter, and Mars Attacks. <laughs> he's great in Mars Attacks. He is great in Mars Attacks. He's the hero in Mars Attacks. He's one and, of the big heroes. And, and most people that work with him have said that they, you know, they absolutely adored working with him. Lee Marvin and him became very close friends until Lee Marvin's death. And, um, but he, he was very, very successful. Um, at the time. So Rio Contras, his first role, NFL career, winding down all that stuff, $37,000 in 1964. By the time he gets to 100 rifles for that interracial love scene, $200,000 in 1969. That's pretty good money. Pretty good money. Um, and he has went on to uh, do tons of other stuff. Again, Breaking color barriers, breaking. Uh, he played Poe's nude for Playgirl. And uh, uh, hold on, let me get my year because I jotted it down. Oh, 1974. You your copy. 1974. You just looked down at your copy. I did. I'm sorry, Joe. I didn't memorize what time they posed for Playgirl. But again. I believe you looked at your copy of Playgirl to find out, is what I'm saying. Oh. Not your copy of the written I, stuff. I don't. You know had to go it. all journalism on me. I don't know Read if the copy. I, I don't know if I, by the way, I would imagine that copy's worth some money um, of that particular thing. Uh, but yeah, you mentioned his black exploitation films as well. Those would include Slaughter, 1972. Original Gangsters with Pam Greer. I mean, we can just. Um, his, his original run, what he considers the 70s black exploitation, Slaughter, Black Gun, and Three the Hard Way. Um, which, by the way, Three the Hard Way may be one of the best titles ever. And that stars Jim Brown, Fred Williamson, and Jim Kelly. Oh. Which would indeed be Three the Hard Way. The Hard Way. Yeah. But good. Um, so, 
phenomenal player. Seems to be that everybody worked with him, loved him, and and does roles. He's turned down tons of roles. Actually, that's you can you can find a list of roles he turned down. So yes, Jim Brown. You've got to mention Jim Brown about NFL back. I have a couple of mentions really quick. If you ever get a chance to watch Concussion, it's not a bad film, even though it came out recently about the concussion controversy. Will Smith's in it. I, I heard there were some people in the full that weren't happy about that movie coming out. I don't think they are. I. I as much as I love the game, I don't know that it'll be here for 100 years from now. Paper well, Lion is another one that was based on Jordan. But by the way, look up Paper Lion. If you know who George Plimpton is, he actually played quarterback for the Lions for a while. Didn't work out so well for him, just for a little while. And he kind of wrote a book about it. So, And we're not going to talk about the blind side because that's bullshit in college and, mostly, and radio sucks. And that's also college. Yeah, I was going to say, it's not necessarily need to go down the radio no but i started looking up those lists i often do to compare what i think and look and i I kept seeing radio and i kept thinking really see i i i I was thinking because originally i was saying maybe we should do one on nfl so i'm glad you did this i think this worked out well no i think it has but i can't believe there's some you left out some actors bro i've I've got more i've got to mention one for chad okay all right this will be the last one i go into detail on but I've got to mention it because it automatically went, well, Chad would mention it. I need to do this in his honor. So the 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 one that I will mention for Chad, uh, he he was indeed a football player. He has went on. He's really known for one role, but he played for the New York Giants. He was the first-round draft pick for the New York Giants in 1969. Um, he's the only man in the history of the NFL, and this has changed recently but only man in the NFL that actually got two safeties in one game. Now, it's not four touchdowns in one game like Cal Bundy, but two safeties in one game. Um, and, and he went on to do some films. Recently, he's been in Bumblebee, the best of the Transformer films. Uh, and he's best known, though, for people of a certain age as Hunter. Yeah. Fred Dreyer. Yeah. Fred Dreyer, has, he's done all sorts of stuff. I mean, he, but most people know him as Hunter. Hunter was a TV series. There's now been TV, there actually was a relaunched TV series in the 2000s, uh, which I was not fully briefed on. But Hunter, the TV show, ran from 1984 to 1991. I didn't know it ran that long. Yeah. Well, I want to give one, one more shout out to Chad. This is another one of his favorite movies starring an ex-NFL player. Once again, directed by Craig R. Baxley, who directed Action Jackson. We're talking about Stone Cold with Brian Bosworth. <laughs> yeah. One of Chad's favorite movies. I was putting that on my list. Um, I, actually, I do have him on my list. Like I said, I had a lot, but I wanted to narrow it down to the ones that actually meant something to me. Can I talk just? To, can I mention two more? Do you have who else you want to mention? Because there's two that I, I want to mention one more because I read oh, a review. I read a review of the one film that most people know him for, and I was like, "That's just me." Um, so Howie Long did a film. <laughs> Howie Fire Long's Storm. in a couple of good movies. I, I, I agree. Howie Long was in a film called Firestorm, and I was going to put it, he's on one of my lists, mm-hmm. but I, I, I was afraid you'd take somebody. So I said, I'm glad it worked out the way it did because I've got to highlight my nerdy ones that I know. But yeah. there's, there are tons of NFL people that have, have been in movies. Uh, I want to mention Howie Long. We're two episodes on it. I want to I wanna mention Howie Long, though, because it's the most brutal put down I read in a review in a long time. The review, and I, I, 
I should have looked up who said it or I should have wrote down who said it, but I just remember it because I read it and I was like, that's not fair. The yeah. Firestorm that this one reviewer did, and it's a pretty well-known name reviewer, but I'm just blanking on who it was, literally said, Howie Long proves in this film that he is to acting what Sir Lawrence Olivier is to the NFL. That is to say, absolutely nothing. <laughs> and I was like, that is harsh, right? Like, he showed up. It's a serviceable film. It's not great. I've actually never seen all of it. I've, I, but I have sat through so many worse films, <clears throat> Ballistics X vs. Sever. And I, so I got to that, and I was like, that's not fair. I mean, that may not be your cup of tea. And you can critique him as an actor. I'm not saying he is Sir Lawrence Olivier. But I, I, was, I, I got to that, and I'm like, man, that's, that's the harshest put down for a debut I've read in a while. So I wanted to mention Howie Long. There you go. Uh, yeah, he's, he's in Broken Arrow. I, I also should mention real quick, and this may be one you're going to talk about, Terry Bradshaw is somebody else. That Terry Bradshaw is a good actor. If it's playing Terry Bradshaw. Yeah, if you're playing, if you need a Terry Bradshawian character, I mean, I wouldn't he's want to see him. Do. He, he's another guy that just seeps charisma. And, and, yeah, and like I said, I'm not, I don't know the full history of football. I obviously wasn't watching terry bradshaw play um yeah but i love him as a commentator oh i he's, do too he's just I, entertaining to watch and him and howie and jimmy i i that's the show i watch is fox nfl sunday that's the yeah. show um one last i've got two last guys one of them is a national treasure oj simpson what no no i what he was on my list because what? people people national for treasure what did i say he, that well, before, before um, his his wife's unfortunate passing, which according to a court of law, he was not involved in. Um, he well, is in, talking about the criminal or the civil because he lost the civil. Well, but yeah, I mean that's a that's a matter of fact. Anyway, uh, uh, but real quick, OJ is in some good movies. He, I mean, Norberg. As no, Norberg, you can't, you can't do better. No, because I, I, I mean, part of me is like, why didn't they use the one from the TV show? But then you see, there's something about watching O.J. Simpson. That's obviously not really him, but going down a flight of stairs in a wheelchair to end your movie. That I laugh every time. I do too. All right, I, I do. I really do have. I, man, I've got two. I want to talk about one of them is Bubba yeah. Smith. But I'm not going to because if you're a Police Academy fan, Bubba Smith. I know Jeremy Miracle, if he listens or watches, that's oh, a yeah, shout yeah, out yeah. to you. Alex Karras. Oh, I can't yeah. believe you didn't do Alex Karras. Alex Karras is in two of oh, he, two beloved films. He was Punky Brewster's dad, correct? Oh, I, he was on my list, but I wanted to do yes, he was. He was he was um uh um oh uh but my favorite, he's the sheriff. He's the redneck evil sheriff. People forget this in, in, in Porky's. And he is best role of all time. His Oscar-winning performance in the piece of resistance is Mongo and Blazing Saddles. Yeah, yeah. No, it was, it was oh, on my list. I did not forget. In Game of um, But. That the, line uh, written by Richard Pryor. Let me see real quick because I, I think I want to make sure I get this correct. Um, uh, he was actually sorry, it, it wasn't Punky. He's not Punky Brewster's dad because I see old British dude. Who You're thinking it? of Webster. 
he was Webster, Webster's, he's Webster's dad. I'm so sorry. Alex Karras was a yes. Alex Karras, Alex Karras was a was a was actually a decent actor, who had some really good roles. Yep. 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 I mean, I could, I, we could go down the list. There's Dick Buckus, there's Deacon Jones. Oh, yeah. I, we didn't even talk about Lyle Alzado. So, speaking of Raiders. Oh, oh, oh uh, and you've got more recently. Oh, what's his name? Um, Antonio. He's in, he, he, his film debut was in. Antonio the- Brown? That's, that's found footage. <laughs> Is it Antonio Gates? Is that who I'm thinking of? I don't know. Uh, he was in, uh, he was in that triple X uh, sequel. I told you that was found footage. <laughs> um, and I think, uh, no, it's Antonio Gonzalez. Well, I, I'm just oh, Tony Gonzalez. Yeah. Tony, Tony, I'm Tony sorry. Gonzalez. Yeah. He's also a commentator. Yeah. So, All right. Yeah. So that was our NFL episode. We hoped you enjoyed it. We talked about some of our favorite NFL players turned actors and some of the best movies about the NFL, the actual game of national football league football. Thank you so much. We miss Chad. Did you all miss him? Did you let us know on Twitter? Yeah, that would be nice if somebody would respond. Yeah, Twitter, <laughs> why don't somebody talk back to James on Twitter? Spot gets lonely. Did, did it, it just go dark? It, <laughs> it did. It just mine went black. Came back though. Okay, just, just like my heart. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, so well, we, bit... and by the way, when you're not here, we say the same things. Does anybody miss James? Yada, yada, Nobody, yada. Nobody, you shouldn't miss me. My family doesn't. Really quick, I know I say this all the time, but actually, we are lining up some guests. So, our next couple of months are going to be a little hectic. We've got a big well, I Actually, I need to talk to you and, and Chad at some point to figure out when, when I can get somebody on, and, and I'll talk to you later. Uh, you can get someone on or off whenever you feel like it. nobody's interested in that. All right, guys. Thanks so much. Please share us on your social media. We hope you've enjoyed our NFL episode. You can fill it. Wait, hold on. Before you stop recording, you do not have to have our written permission to share this. Feel free to share this with all of your friends. This is not like the NFL. Rip us off all you want. Illegally dub this. We don't care. This has been Bonehead. Uh-huh.